Blog Talk Radio.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, you are my hiding place. What a beautiful song. Yes, very beautiful. Brother Lua, I know about that fasting for blood work. Oh, yeah. Can't eat from what it is. I think 12 last this morning until after you get the blood work. Oh, my word. I have gone to Walmart, uh, the um, place in there, because uh, they have, um, oh, I've forgotten it now, but they have it in there where I could do my blood work. And when I tell you, you go in there, if you don't make an appointment, you're hungry, you got to sit and wait. So I always try to make me an appointment so I can get in, get the blood work done, get out of there, and go and get my breakfast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I do understand this morning. I thank God for that song, You Are My Hiding Place. Beautiful, beautiful. Because he's a place, his name is. Is a place that the righteous can run in and be saved today. And so we're grateful unto Almighty God. I had a request to bring R.C. Blake back this morning. And um, I brought him back. And it's yet testified Friday. But I wanted to bring him back and uh, share because it's a wonderful um, message that he have, he, he's sharing with us today. But I want to pray going to uh, come back and give some encouraging words because I tell you I'm, I'm understanding more because today there are a lot of young men who uh, has grown up uh, and turned 18. Uh, some are 21, some are older, you know, all the way up in age even, and they yet don't understand their role as a man uh, in a relationship. And it's really sad and it's really, um, for some women it's hard heartening and for some men uh, it hardens their heart because they feel like there's nobody you can trust to be in a relationship with. Or these people come and they say they like this and that, and they want to be with me, but they have a hidden agenda, a hidden motive, you know, uh, to be with me. They see something that they want from me, and so they come and pretend that they like me or whatever, and uh, to be with them. Uh, what I see today is young women just accept any old thing, and uh, we can't do that. Well, women, period, women, period. Uh, because somebody told them a piece of a man is better than no man. But you have a lot of men, males, M-A-L-E-S, that have the age, but uh, they don't have the background. They don't have the mind of a man. They have the mind of a boy who is dealing with his mother. And I've seen a lot of women mess their sons up because they don't train uh, boys to grow up, allow them, brother, to be trained to grow up to be men. And some of them have fathers in the home, but the mother refused to let the, the husband discipline the son. And when it's like that, uh, you, uh, 
don't get to see them become of age, but they don't have the wisdom because of age. As we age, we should have wisdom. Same thing for a lot of women. They have the age, but they don't have the wisdom. And when a woman is in a relationship and uh, they decide to have children or they don't decide to have children, they do what it takes to get children, and here come the child. Well, the woman has some issues. The man has some issues. They got together. They never discussed about what their issues really was and, um, you know, decide, well, I don't think we should be together. She's been abused. I've been abused. And we are competing to be the victim. She's trying to be the victim. He's trying to be the victim. And it won't work. Because we got to heal. Both of us need a healing. And sometimes one will uh, discover that, well, we both need healing, but the other one won't see that they need healing. So it just creates a disaster. And sometimes because the person uh, is in love with the other person, they know that they need to get out of the relationship because it's just going to get worse, but they're in there. I've seen this kind of stuff. And the man killed a woman, or the woman killed a man. Uh, I've seen this kind of stuff. One of the children, one of the parents killed a child. Um, the dad got killed by the son because he was beating on the mother. All kind of stuff. It, it can just end up terrible. But people, uh, they go with feelings. They work with their feelings. A lot of times. Uh, men are mean because of their background, you know, their childhood. Sometimes women are mean because of their childhood, the trauma, the drama, the, the things that they've gone through uh, in their childhood, and they never really got a full healing. So they brought this into the relationship. They knew how to be nice enough, long enough to get into a relationship with a person. And they to get comfortable in the relationship all of the stuff that they've gone through, they start reacting to it, you know, because in their mind, it is weighing on them. It's talking to them. They're remembering it, all kind of stuff. And so it just messes up everything and just think, these people have children. And if the parents messed up, what's happening to the children? The children are messed up too, Yeah. I had this one person to tell me, she said, well, look, I knew my parents uh, are off the block. They're not the norm. And we come up in the house where we was cussed out every day. Uh, words were said to us that should have only been said to adults. And she said, what I decided to do, because I know I messed up, and I know that I has you know, is working on healing me, but I'm not completely delivered. I'm not completely healed. And she's in her 40s, late 40s. And she said, I decided not to have children because I knew I was messed up. And if I bring children in here, they're going to be messed up because messed up parents would be training them. How can I train a child uh, 
in a good way, and I don't know how to carry myself in a good way, so I wouldn't do it. So she said she decided not to have children. But people don't think like that, you know. They It's my thing. I do what I want to do. I want children. I messed up. Some people never realize that they messed up. They think they normal, what they call normal. They think that um, they're educated. They have good jobs. Uh, they get with a husband. I mean, get with a man or a woman. They marry. And then, you know, they have children. But children are abused. The children go through much uh, because a lot of times the parents are trying to find comfort for themselves because of what they've gone through. Nobody talked to them about it. And a lot of times people decide not to go for counseling because they feel like, well, if I counsel, that means I'm crazy. No. If I counsel, that means I'm getting some help. Hopefully some healing. And it's just sad. I, I tried to uh, give my children what my parents gave me, but this is the thing. It's two sides to every story. Remember that. And that's true. Because that was the me and then that was the dad. My children's dad didn't come up like I come up. He come up abused. He come up in foster care. Uh, his mom had 27 children, and most of them she didn't raise because she couldn't, so many children. But yet some of the stuff that was instilled in my children, I can see it. But then at the same time, I can see that other side as well because I was young. And I didn't take the time to learn. I need to hold up and wait and find out about this person, find out about their background. But uh, back during those days, we kind of took people for what they were. Yeah, I got tricked many times because I thought this person, they portrayed themselves to be this way. But as I got on to know them, they were totally different, totally different. And then sometimes uh, back in the day, the, the, the couple was messed up. They had gone through some stuff at home. But they knew enough to know to come together and you got to show respect to one another. And you can't be acting a fool and then you, you can't take it in the street. Cause some uh, relationships have gotten so bad they in the street cussing each other out, in the streets fighting each other, and one go to jail, both go to jail, and all this kind of stuff because nobody healed, nobody got help. But today there's help for relationships. There's help for men and women today that can make you a better person. And it's even greater help because if you come to God, and ask him to heal you, he will. And ask him to heal your spouse, and he will do it. And if the both of you uh, start praying together, uh, seeking counsel together, the, the relationship should get better. 
if it does not get better, that means it was never intended. We did this and we need to get out of this right now because it's not going to be good. So what we do then is we decide to separate. We decide that, well, and it should be this way. I'm not angry at you. You're not angry at me because what we found out is we come together because we thought we would be compatible, but we found out that we are not. And we've gone to counseling. We've tried to make this work, but it's not working. So I'm going to give you your paper, and you give me mine. So we're going to have permission to divorce. We're going to have permission to separate. I'm no longer responsible for you. You're no longer responsible for me. Life go on. And many times the believer they don't remarry. Yeah, but. Today world is so different. It's so many one-sided relationships, and people don't even know that in one-sided relationships, many times they're uh, looking at the outer appearance, and they never consider themselves of what truly in that person's heart. How how did they come up? Were they raised the same as I was raised? Were they brought up in the church? Were they a part of uh, a ministry in the church? Uh, did the parents take them to church? Were the parents a part of a ministry in the church? We never considered this. We just consider that outward appearance. They're sounding the way we want them to sound. They're saying uh, things that we want to hear them say, but many times you get a warning. Before this, before you enter the religion, you get a warning, but you ignore it. Because you're looking at the outer appearance of the person, and this is what you want. But it's not necessarily what you need. So this morning, R.C. Blake, he's going to explain some things, and uh, hopefully it'll make sense uh, to us. Well, listen, it made quite a, a good bit of everything for me, because I know better. And then when we have the Holy Ghost, we learn to listen to it, it would tell us, no, 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 you, 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 I don't go no further. This is it. But many times we won't because this is what we want. Uh, she's looking the way I wanted to look. She shaped the way I love the way she wear her hair. Same thing with the men. He yoked up, he this, he that. And we go on into a relationship with them. And then later on, of kids messed up because they had to separate. They had to get away from one another. And where does this leave the children? Many times when the man leaves the woman or the woman leaves the man, he he leaves the children too. He divorced everybody. He divorced the family. He, he you know, the mom, the children, uh, the grandparents, uh, divorce everybody and never come back around the women, they tried to stay, and they even respected his family because they feel like, well, the family didn't do anything to me. It was him, and if the family treat me nice, I'm going to treat them nice, but then you got some cases where that can't happen because of all the drama and, 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 and all kind of stuff, so we're going to listen to Dr. R.C. Blake this morning and see. Um, what God is using him to give. 
as you know, I've talked to uh, young man Marquez Griffin, and when I tell you uh, this young man really have a good head on his shoulders, and one reason he's like this is because he's always seeking God, and he's not always going to church to seek God, but he, uh, if an older person is talking about the Lord. He's always trying to listen. He's always trying to talk to an older person for wisdom. And he loved R.C. Blake. And that's a beautiful thing for a young man in 2021. He's trying to get himself prepared to get married. And he want to know the rights and the wrongs, you know, uh, to be in a relationship. And he's not moving fast, but he's learning and putting his stuff into practice, you know, remembering and out remembering it so that when he makes the choice to ask the young lady to marry him, he's prepared to be a good husband. And, and ladies, in 2021, there are still some good men out here. Yes, there is. There are still good women out here. But you got to choose. You can't just take up with any and everything because the way they look, uh, the way they smell, you know, starting off the way they make you feel. Because will they continue to make you feel this way throughout the relationship, throughout your life? Because once you get married, it's for until death do us apart, until one of us die or both of us die. That's the only way we get out of the marriage. And so will he make me feel like this until I die? Will she make me feel like this until I die? These are things to ponder, things to consider, because we don't consider this. We don't consider what he's been through some trauma. I've been through some trauma. He's been through abuse. I've been abused. But we're going to get together without no help. No, that won't work. You're going to end up separating. Somebody's going to do uh, it won't work. So... In a, in a marriage, too, if you find yourself in that and this is what happened, then you got to try and coach your spouse for counseling, you know, and, and preferably good godly counseling so prayer can go forth. Uh, your spirits in there, demons in there, uh, the counselor, which is usually a pastor, can cast those demons out and y'all can go home free. And, and restart your relationship and continue to build because in relationships, we are building every day. This is why uh, we don't fight with each other. We don't go to bed angry. Uh, when we one do something, they sit with the other one and talk. Nobody's out talking nobody. Each one of us are listening to the other person because we want the other person to be good. And we want this relationship to grow. Again, we are continuing to build. So it's a lot, you know, into it. And many people, they don't know that. They just go on their feelings. Feel good. She look good. No, it's much more to it when you decide to uh, seek or seek a woman. Or, you know, you're going to let a man uh, pursue you. There's a lot in there that we have to consider. And not take up with people because they look good. Yeah. 
uh, that Destiny Child had a song that said, oh, he's looking good and he's talking right. He might be the one tonight. No, it take more than that. He can look good and he can talk right, but I need to know that that talking right and doing right is going to be forever. Yeah, we, we can't just flip and flop from bed to bed, you know, because God is not. I'm talking to the believer this morning because we know what the world take is. It's my thing. I do what I want to do. Yeah. And so we, we are looking from a godly standpoint today at relationships and, um, you know, the intangible um so we, we, we're going to go there. I'm going to one more song of the morning, and when we come back, we're going to come back with our morning prayer. And uh, after morning prayer, we'll um, encourage a little bit more, and then we'll go from there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
we're grateful because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength and our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord, but we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, uh, and give us a refilling, Lord, uh, that when we leave here today, Lord, uh, we can leave with your anointing, Lord, uh, that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, uh, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Uh, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Uh, we thank you because you are a healer. Uh, you're the God that healeth thee, uh, and healing is in your wings, uh, and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Uh, you're able to save our troubled souls. Uh, and in the name of Jesus, uh, bind every demon, Lord, uh, every demonic force, Lord, uh, God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord, uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you, Lord, uh, because we know for every right desire, uh, there is an answer, uh, and Jesus, you that answer. Uh, there's no need for us, God, uh, to turn hither or thither, Lord. Uh, we need but to look for you, Lord, uh, because you're the answer, God, uh, for our trouble.
trouble lies on. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. You've heard the words since you were in Sunday school. You have heard these professors remind you of them both in words of warning as well as words of encouragement and maybe even a few testimonies. A counselor, a friend, a minister of music, whatever capacity you'll serve in on mission field or here at home, you'll use these two words. And they are, trust God. Two single-syllable words that you have heard forever, but you will discover as time passes how difficult they are to obey. Trust God. Of course, I have no way of knowing what the future holds for you. You may lose your home and everything in a fire. You may lose your spouse to an early disease detected but not cured. You may lose your dreams, your hopes. You may lose a relationship that you have cultivated over the years. All losses are painful. And you will be brought back over and over again to the words of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I know, I know, you memorized them in vacation Bible school or when you were growing up at the knee of a godly mother and or father and your lips will move as I quote them, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. All your heart, all your ways, trust trust. Now we have a problem with this because of several things. 
First of all, we are to blame self-sufficient. We have learned how to get ourselves out of jams rather than acknowledging the jam has very well been either directed or permitted by our sovereign God to teach us. And by not trusting Him, we short-circuit the test and go our own way, getting ourselves out of our own mess. We're too self-sufficient. Another reason we fail this test is because we're too quick to call on others. We have a lot of very capable friends. As life unfolds and you leave this school and you're involved in your church, your work of ministry, your realm of responsibility, you'll meet other people, many of them much smarter than you are, most of them richer than you are, better connected than you are. And some of them will become good friends. And they will become your crutch. They have connections. And when you're up against it, they will, they'll get you through it. Another reason we don't trust is because we feel distant from the God of heaven. Don't feel too guilty about that. So did Job, as godly as he was. And yet Job said, in the midst of all of the loss, though he slay me, I will trust in him. Though he take me off this earth in the process, I leave trusting him. I will trust him. The fourth reason I would name is that we have cultivated the bad habit of worry. Uh, Many of you are much better at worrying than you are at trusting. If you were to put together a worry list, it would outrun your prayer list. And you're worried right now about something. Most likely, it's related to something about your schoolwork some course, some class, some test, or maybe your finances. You don't have enough money. I'll give you a word of encouragement. You'll never have enough money. So you're worried now. You're getting good at it, so you can carry that with you when you graduate because you won't have enough money then. So you're worried about that. And you do not trust God. See how practical it is? And if you think you're going to outgrow the problem, take it from this old guy today, you won't ever outgrow it. It's like lust. You never outgrow lust. You just learn to fake it. I remember attending a navigator conference when Lawrence Sandy was president. We were at Glen Erie and they had a returned missionary, I think an 87, 88-year-old gentleman who um, uh, Lauren brought up to the platform, and he's a longtime navigator, and Lauren said, tell me, Dr. So-and-so, when did you conquer lust? The old man said, well, Lauren, hasn't happened yet. 
You'll never conquer worry. It's part of the flesh. You want to, but the only way you will get through it so that you will learn from the test is to trust. To trust. To put the worry on hold, to set it aside, deliberately shoving it away and saying, God, at this moment, I rest in you and you alone. If you're married, God, help my spouse and me to trust you. To lean on you, to wait on you, to listen to you, to endure the test with you. I put together a quick list of things that reveal how little we trust. When you choose to to worry, you do not trust. When you try to fix what is impossible, you do not trust. When you hurry ahead and don't wait for the Lord to to move and to change, you, you do not trust. When you lie awake, twisting and turning at night, you do not trust. When you doubt biblical principles and promises that are right here in the book you love and study, you do not trust. When you turn to others first for help, you do not trust. When you listen to human counsel and give a higher priority to that, then the principles you have just learned, you do not trust. When you manipulate and maneuver situations, you do not trust. When you step in and take charge without praying and being led by the Spirit of God, you do not trust. When you cling to others in order to feel secure and needed and loved, you do not trust. The list goes on and on. See how easy it is to live in the flesh? How easy it is to disobey trust in the Lord with all your heart? Wouldn't it be a great project over the Christmas season this year to think through ways that you can begin to trust God regardless? Hopefully it'll be a project that you and a good friend or you and your mate can enter together. What is it we do that keep us from trusting God? And how can we break that habit and watch God break through in ways that we would never have expected? Cynthia and I have a longtime friend who was raised with four brothers in southwest Texas. They were raised on a very poor uh, ranch. They eked out a living. One of the brothers wound up getting into Baylor, going on to UCLA Law School, and earning his degree in law, and has since become a very fine attorney in the Southern California area. We've been friends since the mid-1970s. 
One of his four brothers stayed at the ranch and developed it, cultivated it. The other brothers moved away, as did our friend. And the one who stayed, along with his wife, really turned the ranch into something much more successful. Grew crops that worked, got cattle, bred them, sold them. Little by little, kind of got on their feet and finally became pretty much financially stable. Then the fires of 2011 across Texas swept through their area. And they came to that ranch. By now they knew they would lose all, all the cattle. They simply opened the gate and amazingly those animals know where to go. Usually know where to go to find shelter and safety. And they fled. Hundreds of them and they barely left, unable to get anything, much of anything in their pickup, and they drove away. Came back a number of days later when allowed to enter this territory, and uh, everything was melted. Everything. Even the metal roof on the shed, on the barn, had melted down and sort of peeled its way over and and what it landed on it kind of was the, that metal profile is everything is lost all possessions all pictures thankfully no lives strangely the cattle got back and were clustered around in a herd around an enormous oak tree and they were able to to get them back of course the fence had burned so that has to be rebuilt. And they said to one another, we realize at that moment our faith would either kick into action or we would move far away from the God we had loved and served. They chose the former. They determined they would rebuild. They're in the process right now. Living with a brother, putting house and home back together, having lost it all. And the Lord taught me through my shameful response. He'll win this battle. Trust him. Trust me. Trust God. Just to rest upon his promises. Just to know saith the Lord. Trust God.
suffering, I'm gonna wear your robe, I'm gonna wear your righteous mane everywhere I go, you're gonna light my candle, son, you're gonna make it shine, you're gonna lead me to the throne, I am a working man, I get things done, work for the Holy Ghost, work for the Son, I am a working man, oh yes I am, I am a special Child. I was born in the north, I was born in the autumn time, Lord only knows what for, I was born when leaves turned red, born when things are dying, but I was born with a big old mouth, I am a working man, I get things done, work for the Holy Ghost, work for the Son, I am a working man, oh yes I try this one more time. Let's try this one more time. Hopefully my, my signal is better here. Um, let me see if anybody's going to come back in here. Um, started talking about the intangibles that a woman should look for in a man. And we discussed in our first attempt, we discussed how um, 
the typical average woman is still hung up on the superficial aspects of manhood. You know, what he looked like, what kind of uh, swag he has, what kind of clothing he wears, how much money he has. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But the Bible says for a reason that man looks on the outward appearance while God looks on the heart. And a wise woman looks on the heart while a less than wise woman, a silly woman, is hung up on the outward appearance. Number one, the outward appearance is what? It's always changing. Man is not going to look that way um, for the rest of his life. And then we talked about how um, when women make relational choices, uh, you're, you're typically making a, a relational decision for a man that you feel like you can have fun with. And the reality of life is that much of life in some cases, in some people's lives, most of life is not about, it's not going to be fun. A lot of life is going to be suffering and struggle. And so a wise woman, I'm just recapping, a wise woman searches for a man, not that she can necessarily have fun with only, but she searches for a man that she can suffer with and a man that will suffer with her because life brings us much suffering. And you have to have a man that what? Has the, the depth. He has to have the spirit, the internals, to be able to go through that with you. Now, number one, we said you need a man that is mature enough. You need a man that is mature enough to help you heal. Because if you're a woman, um, and I, I think I said this in, in the first attempt, really, you know, by the time a woman is 20, sometimes younger than that, she's been traumatized. And she needs a man that can help her heal while she's searching for a man that looks just like the last person that broke her. She's searching for a man that will actually compound the brokenness. She needs a man that is deep enough to help her heal. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, um, in Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, I don't um I don't understand what's going on with this internet. So I think what we'll do is I will pre-record this one and upload it for you tomorrow because I have I have too much to say for us to just keep being frustrated like this. So thank you for, you know, trying to do this with me, but I don't I don't know what's going on with my internet. I'm good now. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll continue, and if it happens again, then 
you all will know I'm just going to shut it down, and then I'll record it and I'll upload it for you. But the Bible talks in Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, that husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, and that he might sanctify and cleanse it, meaning the husband, the right man, should be a man that's empowered to improve your condition. You know, with all that you've gone through, and one of the things we talked about in our first attempt is that even though you want a man very badly, the reality is that you've been broken so much you don't even trust men. You want a man, but you don't really tr you don't even trust men. You, you you even make statements, can't trust no man. All men are dogs, and yet you want one so bad, which speaks to your what broken consciousness. You need a man that is going to step into your life and be to you what no other man has ever been. And I hear you saying. And I, and I had a bunch of them. I can't trust none of them. You can't trust the kind that you've been attracting. The Bible says, as a person thinks in his or her heart, so is he. And you attract to yourself. Out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. You attract to yourself what you're thinking. And if, if the height of your, your um, criteria for a man is muscles and haircuts and cologne and sex. All you're going to attract for the most part with that, you know, with, with that criteria is or are men that will consistently break you over and over and over again. You have to elevate your consciousness relative to what you desire because we attract to ourselves what we really uh, desire and believe in our own hearts. Now, number two, you need a man that is smart enough for you to be intrigued by. Because there are a lot of you that are on here right now, and I just got to be honest with you. There are a lot. Of, the devil doesn't want me to deliver this one tonight. There are a lot of you on here right now, who you know. You got you got a fine man. You like the way he look. Y'all take some wonderful Instagram pictures, and he's dumb as a box of rocks. Can't even think his way out of a wet paper bag. And the sad thing is, a lot of you professional women who have, whose parents have spent the money to put you through school, you got um, you know advanced degrees and all of this kind of stuff, and you go out here and you choose a dummy that you can't even bring to. The, the office party because you're afraid somebody's going to have an in-depth conversation with this man and discover you got all rapping and no content. You can't even have a significant conversation with this man. All you can do with this man is look at him and have sex because that's in, in your with your broken consciousness, that's all you are striving for. But I'm here to tell you that you need a man that is smart enough for you to be intrigued by. Every woman needs to be able to look at her man and say, wow, man. Ooh. You know, I didn't think about that. Man, we... Because what's going to happen in life when, when we have crises that require all hands on deck to be able to think our way through something 
and you got a you got a, a, a man there that's just looking at you. What you think? What you think? What you think? Whatever you say. Whatever you say. You need a man that's smart enough. See, because he's going to have to be able to, he's going to have to be able to demand your respect. And trust me, you may be, you may, you know, you may be all carried away now over his body and his looks and all of that kind of stuff, whatever he can do in the bed and all of this kind of stuff here. That's going to get old. And when you wake up one day and you realize that you need to have a real serious conversation and the man you're sleeping next to is not intelligent enough for you to have that conversation, you're going to resent him. And then you're going to start disrespecting him. And then what's more than likely going to happen is that you're going to go out in the street and a man with some brains is going to appeal to you. Now you're going to find yourself slipping in your character. You're going to be cheating on him. Because now you, now you finally wake up and you realize you need more than a bicep or a tricep. You need a man <laughs> with a frontal lobe. <laughs> you need one that is smart enough for you to be intrigued by. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3 and 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, the wives, according to knowledge. Dwell with them according to what? Knowledge. The role of a husband demands that a man has a certain level of knowledge. If a man does not have not, if a man is, is has no knowledge, and he's trying to he's trying to call himself the covering or the head of the wife, the head of the family, how's that going to work out? You're going to need more. These are intangibles. These are the things that you have to you have to dig for and you have to search for in a man. This is not surface level stuff. Number three. He's going he's gonna to have to be a man that is masculine enough to draw the line. When you cross the line, he's going to have to be masculine enough to say, no, it ain't going like that now. No, 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 no. You're not going to just run over me. No, 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 no. Slow your roll. Slow your roll, homegirl. We're not rolling like that. He's going to have to be masculine enough to be able to draw the line and gentle enough to make you feel safe. Though he draws the line, and he, 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 he will tell you where to get off at, you never feel like you're, you're not safe in his care. Now, that's, see, that, 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 that's what? Character. See, a lot of y'all want roughnecks, but they're called roughnecks for a reason. And they drag you across the kitchen floor by your weave, pull all your weave out, pull all your tracks out. <laughs> But you said you I want a rough neck. I want a rough neck. No, no, no. You want a you want a man that is masculine enough to say, No, babe, you know, this we ain't gonna do it like that. This is the way it's gonna go now. And then yet gentle enough that you never feel unsafe. Come on. Now. Well you that's not how you know, these things I'm mentioning right now, if you if you look at your list, they tell me y'all making lists now. If you look at your list, most of y'all, none of this stuff is on your list. You're talking about six figures, six, two. You know, you want a waist like that and a chest like that. You want them to wear certain kinds of clothes and all this kind of foolish stuff. 
and you're not dealing with anything internal, no intangibles. And what's going to drive your relationship? Babe, it's going to be heart and soul that's going to have to drive your relationship. So he's going to have to be masculine, masculine enough to draw the line and gentle enough to make you feel safe. Now, here's, here's the reality. A lot of you are, you know, attracting men that are feminine. And when I say that, I don't mean that they have woman-like tendencies. They're not soft. No, they, they actually carry themselves like roughnecks, and they turn you on. But they have no desire to lead. All right. Am I back? So he needs to be masculine enough to draw the line, gentle enough to make you feel, to always make you feel safe. Colossians 3 and 19 says, Husband, lo Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. But I was saying, a lot of you are attracting feminine men who have no desire to be providers. They may want to be the boss, but they don't want to be providers. They don't want to make decisions. You know, they, they don't want to stand under, under the pressure. And a lot of y'all are financing uh, these fantasy-type dudes. But you need a man that's masculine. And when I, so whenever I use the term masculine, I'm not talking about you know, he, eh, he's a he-man. I'm talking about he has a certain mentality. He's an earner. He's a straight shooter. He's, he's a man with integrity. He has a word. He, he, he's, he's decisive. He can make decisions. He's a masculine man. He, a masculine man always demands a woman's respect without having to ask for it. She looks at him and he, he's so masculine, and he's he, he got all of, he got all of his stuff so on point. She ain't got no choice but to respect him. But see, a lot of y'all got these little dudes that she ain't got. That's why you talk to them all crazy. Once you once you you know been going out with them for a month or so, you go to talking to them all crazy because you can talk to them like that. He ain't masculine. But when you see, you gonna need a masculine man because anything anything less than a masculine man. Man that that's even though you're doing your thing, he's a man that welcomes the weight. Come on now, he's a man that welcomes the weight. And when you look at him, you can you can say, "I got a man now." Now that's a man right there. That's not a little boy. That's a man. He he he's able to respond. He has responsibility. That's what responsibility. It means you have the, the capacity to respond. Now, number four, he needs to be ambitious enough to be the provider for you and yet supportive enough to share your dream. He needs to be ambitious enough to, to provide for you and yet supportive enough to share your dream. In other words, even though he may be doing his thing and he, you know, he can hold it down, he's, he's not so small that 
he won't let you expand your wings. You, you won't have to cancel your vision to be a part of his life or for him to be a part of your life. Yet he's ambitious enough that he desires to be the provider, but he's, he's big enough to support you in your dream. Thank you, Anne. That means a lot. So, you know, think about that. The, the little dudes you got now, you know, does he even have a desire to be the provider? Is he capable of providing? Huh? Is he capable of, can he even provide for himself? I don't know how, I really don't know how y'all go out here and jump all off in the bed with a man that can't even take care of himself. What is what is what is what is going on? You mean tell me you all up in the bed? Number one, you know you raised in the church. You know being no big man that you you in the bed with a man that can't even provide himself. Dude got to borrow uh, gas money from you. Got to use your car to go and check on a job. And you all up in the middle of the bed with this dude, babe, you need a man that's ambitious. You know, he, he may not be making six figures now, but he has a seven figure ambition. And and he working at it. You know, you ain't got to you ain't got to pump him up, prime him up. He's working at it. He working on it. You can see his ambition at work. Well, that kind of man you can get behind. And you can say, Well, let me help you. See, that's not built that's not that's not build a man right there. He is a man. He's a man in process, and maybe all he needs is just the right woman to help him put the thing together, but you can see his ambition at work, and he grinding, and he hustling, and his, his conversation is, I got to take care of my woman. I got to take care of my woman. So you don't need no man that you got to be talking about um, half, the, half the dinner tab is yours and half the dinner tab is mine. You, you're supposed to send him on his way. Then you don't need no man that's out here. And, you know, making a few dollars, and then the first thing you want to do is shut your whole life down. He doesn't want you to pursue your career. He wants you to shut your businesses down. That's manipulation and control right there. That's, that's, that's pimp 101 right there. Take all of your financial uh, alternatives, your, your financial options away from you, and make you totally dependent on me, and then you're going to see the real me come out. You ain't never supposed to do that. And a real man is not going to require you to shut your dreams down, but at the same time, he's going to demand that he be the provider. And then watch this number five. Now, this is a big one right here. This is a big one right here. The right man with the kind of uh, intangibles that you need is a man that exercises non-sexual affection. See, a man having sex with you, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Can I just be real with y'all right now? Y'all get all excited because these dudes tell you all this stuff when they're having sex. Men say everything. To have sex, they'll say anything in the middle of sex, but when a man is just there for the sex, as soon as the sex is over, he's either trying to go or he's trying to send you off your way. Or if y'all just happen to be in the same space and can't get away from one another, he loses interest in you altogether. He'll turn the TV on and you won't even be able to get a conversation out of him. 
a man that really loves you and has the kind of heart, he's going to give you non-sexual affection. He's going to hug you. You know, he's going to hug you. Um, he's going to embrace you. He's going, he's, going to, he's going to enjoy your company. You're going to know that, you know, y'all will be riding, and he'll just reach over and he'll hold your hand. Some of y'all have not had that, and you've not had that not because all men are dogs. You've, only, you've been a dog catcher. You've only, you've only searched for dudes with fleas. You need a man that is going to demonstrate non-sexual affection. Every woman needs that. And you know what? You're going to need a man that demonstrates non-sexual affection even the more as you age. See, because when you're younger, your self-esteem is on, on, you know, on 100. As you begin to age and all of the lies that society tells you, you know, you begin to diminish your value in your own mind. And then the world outside is telling you, well, you... You're not worth this and you're not worth that because what's your age? What's your dress up? You, 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 and all of this kind of thing. You're going to need a man that is affectionate towards you while you're washing the dishes. Your husband just walk up behind you and just wrap his arms around you. Not, not looking for no sex. Just he, just, he just he wants to demonstrate that you still got it. Well, see, you don't just get that kind of man by mistake. You, got to, you, got to, you have to... Choose a man that has that kind of heart. You can't go down to the club where everybody twerking, and most of them they twerking ain't working, and find you a man that think that that's gonna he's gonna give you non-sexual affection. You're gonna need that. See the right kind of man, he he'll be happy to hold your hand and to. Be able to just wrap his arms around you. He ain't gonna be trying to rush you to no bed all night. All right, my back, my back. All right, let's see. So number five was you need a man that is going to demonstrate non-sexual affection, because a man constantly comes over to your house every Friday at 10.30 and has sex with you does not mean he loves you. It may, he may not even like you because men can have sex with women they don't even like. When a man, really, when a man is really feeling you, he's going to give you a lot of non-sexual affection. That's a sign. That's a signal you should be picking up on. You know, how, how affectionate is this man with me in a non-sexual kind of way. See, non-sexual affection speaks of a few things. It speaks of the fact that his heart is invested, that he's really, really feeling you, and it, and it also speaks to the fact that he respects you. And see, we've grown in here, and I mean, I, life is life, and it is what it is. If you're having sex with a man, listen to what I'm saying now. I'm teaching you like a father would teach his daughters, and most of y'all have never heard, had a man to sit you down and tell you this. If a man comes and has sex with you, and then uh, five minutes after he's finished whatever he's doing, he's out of your door, he has no respect for you, and he really does not love you. He's not feeling you. Because when a man really loves you, he doesn't only, he doesn't only want to just jump up and down in the bed with you. He wants to spend 
time with you. And he wants to make you know how special you are to him. And that's, that's demonstrated in what? Non-sexual affection. Quality time. Thank you. See, some of y'all have never heard that. You got this dude just running in and out of your house, having sex with you. You cooking dinner and all this kind of stuff. He's sitting there gobbling the food down. They go and have sex, and then within three to five minutes, he finds a reason to be out the door. You don't realize that you've just been massively disrespected, and you, you are giving your body to a man that does not love you. Just because a man want to have sex with you, with you does not mean that he loves you. Most of the women a man will have sex with in life, he does not love. Do you think John's love prostitutes? Do you think those dudes in the strip club tonight love those women that's rolling down the pole? No. Non-sexual affection. Non-sexual affection. All right, number six. I only have eight. Now, this, this one is important as well. You need to look for a man that on some level can communicate his feelings. No, now, now, let me bring balance to this. You need to look for a man that on some level can communicate his feelings. I'm not saying you, you, you want a man that's you know, emotional and crying and all this like a woman. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. You don't want that kind of dude because he's going to get on your nerves. He's going to start feeling more like a girlfriend. But you need a man that when he's hurting, he's able to say, Bam, I'm hurting right now. I'm gonna tell you now, this this is this has done something to me. It may not may not go any further than that. You need a man that can say, um, you know, I don't like I don't like X Y Z or you know I went through this in life and uh, I'm processing. See, because if if a man is not able to communicate his feelings, what's going to happen is see just like just like. Most women have been traumatized by age 20. Most men have as well. And happen internalizes that trauma, and then what happens is he transfers that trauma to his relationships. So if he doesn't have the, 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 the ability to talk about what he's feeling, it means that there's nowhere for all, for all of that pressure and all of that trauma to go. And so it becomes, it turns into what? It, it morphs into dysfunctional behavior in his vital relationships. So you need, you're looking for a man that has at least, okay, like on that stove back there, I have a tea kettle that we bought in um, Las Vegas. And it's a beautiful tea kettle. It's uh, ceramic and all is beautiful. But it doesn't have a whistle on it. So you can put that thing on, and if, you don't, if you're not paying attention, you can start a fire because there's nothing to alert you that this thing is boiling. Well, like manner with a man that does, not, that does not communicate any of his feelings. He's like that tea kettle. He can be boiling, and you don't realize that anything's going on until you know, there's a massive fire in the middle of your relationship. And a man that does not willingly communicate his feelings, 
may very well explode. If a man doesn't communicate his feelings, you don't know where he is. You know, it's kind of like I'm. I mean, I don't. I don't have no dogs. I'm scared of dogs. It can be that big or that big. I don't deal with no dogs, but I know enough about people who do have dogs that people are not. People do not feel comfortable with a dog that you can't gauge its temperament, especially if it's a big Rottweiler or a pit bull. You want to be able to gauge its temperament because at any time that thing can explode on you and you can't do anything. Well, you want a man that communicates his feelings because if a man can communicate his feelings, it means that he's in touch with his own feelings, which also means what? He has the capacity to be compassionate with your feelings. See, you, 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 the world has conditioned you and your broken consciousness has you thinking, oh, you know, my man, don't, he don't open up, he don't say nothing, and you think that's cute, you think that's, man, that's dangerous. You don't need no man that, that, that won't open up. He can't ever speak his, his, you know, talk about what he's feeling, you know, People close to him just died, and he can't tell you that he's grieving. He can't even express, you know, that he's grieving, that he's, he's hurting. Come on, man. He, he's, he's either broken emotionally or he's immature. And in either case, he's not the kind of man that you need to be putting your life in the hands of because you need a man that can communicate his feelings. All right, number seven. Now this one is this one is this one is big. This one is big. Devil didn't want me to get this out tonight. <sighs> he has to be secure in his own position in your life. He has to be secure in his own position in your life. The last thing you want is a man. That's insecure. You know, every man walk by you and speak, he got to know what he want, who, he, who, who is he. He all at your job, popping up at your job, looking at all of the men on your job crazy, about to get you fired. You, you, you know, you can't even talk on the phone. Who are you talking with? Who are you talking with? Going through all your stuff. You don't want you don't want that. You don't want that. That's crazy. You don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want that. You don't ever want no man that's not secure. That see, an insecure man either knows he has not done a proper job in terms of being your man, or he has such low self-esteem that even if he is doing a halfway decent job, he can't see him. You, you, you must have a man that is secure in his position. Even if, watch this, even, even beyond that, you know, you're, you're a woman with a lot of ambition, and say, you know, say he's making 150000 a year, and you know y'all when y'all get together he making 150 you making 75 and then all of a sudden you you mess around and you, you get promoted now you making 220 225 250 well if he's not secure 
that's going to be a silent issue in your relationship. It's going to create a whole lot of tension and a whole lot of problems, and you, you're not going to know where it's coming from. It's coming from the fact that you have an insecure man. You should never be. A, if you are a wise woman, you would never be attracted to an insecure man. I don't care what he look like. I don't care what he look like. If you are if you are a wise woman, you would never put your life in the hands of an insecure man. That is a miserable life. That's a miserable life. It's a miserable life. It becomes watch this. When you commit yourself to an insecure man, it 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 becomes a prison sentence. You 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 scared you got you scared to answer the phone? You know if he's going to jack the phone out your hand? Who is this? It's my daddy, fool. So he, got to be, he has to be secure in his position. And you have to test his security, you know. You have to test his security. Just tell him one day, you know, I'm, I'm going out with my friends. You know, y'all, y'all just dating, you know. Y'all just dating. He ain't like he's your husband or nothing. Going out with my friends. If a man, if you just dating a man, you tell him I'm going out with my friends. And he, he run he got to, you know, bring you through all of this and get all emotional and blow up and all of this kind of stuff. That's a, that's 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 bad. That's a that's 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 not good. That's not good. You know. Man speak to you and uh he won't even look at the man. Mm-mm. That's not good. That's not good. A man speaking to you that you clearly know from job or school or neighborhood or wherever and your man with you won't even look at the man, won't reach out to shake the man's hand. He's just looking off, walking off. That's bad. That's, that's a sign of a man is not enough. That's a sign of a man is not enough. And then number eight, you got to pay attention to, and I'm done, you got to pay attention to how a man makes you feel. And I'm not talking about sexually. I'm talking about physically. But you have, and probably number eight, number eight may be, you know, may be the crown jewel of everything I've talked about tonight. Because you have some, you have some dudes that can play the role and do all of this stuff, you know, but they're acting. They're acting. And they'll play that role long enough just to set you up for the okey-doke. You know, but there's something about energy. There's something, energy never lies. And see, if you're on here with me tonight, you can testify. You've had relationships with men that broke your heart. And if you had paid attention to the energy of that man in the beginning, though he looked great on paper, there was something about this man that just didn't, you just didn't feel right about him. Your mind just forced you into it because you wanted it to be true. You wanted it to be what you, you know, hoped it, it would be, but you felt that bad energy from the beginning. All of y'all, all of us as God's children, human beings, are born with the capacity to feel that energy. And so, when something does not agree with your spirit, you cannot ignore that. And the right man is going to always, listen to what I'm saying, he's going to always make you feel 
there's just gonna be something about his about his presence, man. It just it just makes you feel relaxed, you know. You just whoo, you can exhale when you get around him. He just he, nothing he says, he not he not just makes you feel safe. You, it's almost like you feel God when this dude comes into your presence. You just feel something. And some of you have had that experience with dudes, but you turned them away because he he ain't look as good as you know as the last three fools that you, you chose over him that looked much better than him, but were dumb liars. But you remember that dude that you 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 let go. But when you was in his presence, you you felt safe. You felt you felt like you could just. That was a man, baby. You just wasn't wise enough. You wasn't mature enough to recognize what you, you know, really were embracing. But that was a man. He makes you feel safe. See, the right man can be angry. Y'all can be, you know, you can be in, in an argument, be heated. But you never feel like, you know, the right man, you never feel like, this is going to go left and he's going to do something to me. Never. The right man always makes you feel safe. It's more about how he makes you feel than what he actually does. There's a feeling that you get when, you, when you're in the care of the right man. When you, hear, when you hear people say, well, we've been married for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. That's the energy there. So, you know, I just, I was thinking about these things, and I wanted to just kind of share them with you. I really, I really wanted to just share them with you, because all of these things are intangibles. Safe emotionally, safe physically, safe in your humor, safe in your dreams, absolutely. All of that, that's, that's better said than, uh, than I did. But you got to, you got to, man, as, as, as women, you got to start looking you got to start looking at the intangibles. You got to start looking at the stuff that's beneath the surface. You got to. And the devil did not want this to come out tonight. I mean, I got all the bars and the, right by the, the internet thing now. Got the fastest internet. The devil didn't want this to happen tonight. But he's still a liar. And so, I, my prayer for you, and I'm going to pray for you before I let you go. But my prayer for you is that you hear my heart on this because this is the way queens operate. You want a king? Kings are made from the internal. From the internal. Father, I thank you tonight for this time that I've had with your people. Now, God, I, I ask that you would take every word that I've spoken and allow it to resonate with their hearts and allow it, dear God, to shift. Allow it to make a shift, Father, in their lives, in the quality of their lives. I speak now, God, healing where hearts are broken. I speak clarity, dear God, where minds are cloudy. I thank you now, God, that even as this year is winding down, next year is going to be a brand new ball game. Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, listen, um, 
this Saturday and Sunday, we're having our Training for Reigning, Queenology Cyber Conference. And I'm teaching both days, Saturday from 1 to 4, Sunday from 1 to 4, and the cost of the conference is just $59. I need you to go because registration ends uh, tomorrow night at midnight. I need you to go to rcblakes.com. I need you all on that platform with me. I haven't been talking about it a lot, but we're going to deal with uh, subjects like balancing your feminine versus masculine energy, mastering the politics. Every, every queen in life has to learn how to master the politics, the politics of misogyny, the politics of girlfriends, the politics of family. Um, another subject that we're going to deal with is uh, finding your voice. You know, how do you find your voice in a loud world that's trying to muzzle you as a woman? I want you to I want you to I want you to go to rcblakes.com and I want you to register. In fact, there may be uh, see you this Saturday in our Queenology Cyber Conference. And uh, those of you that may need counseling, whenever we we deal with stuff like this, I know that it reaches and it it really pricks the heart. And sometimes you feel like you just need to talk to someone. Well, I've been sharing with you that we partnered with a, a counseling uh, agency by the name of BetterHelp. And uh, you can go to BetterHelp, and if you use the link that will be in the description, it'll afford you 10% off, and then what happens is they pour back financially into the ministry, so it's a win-win. If it's something that you think you need, don't forget to pick up my books at Amazon, and um, I know that there's some other things that I'm forgetting. But right now, the top of the agenda, I want you to get to rcblakes.com and register before the deadline for this conference this weekend. It's going to be absolutely amazing. But be prepared. Get, you, get some water and something to write with and to write on. Uh, if you register, you will get the conference notes. But there's some things that you're going to need to write because writing helps it to plant in your spirit. And so I'm looking forward to it. I love you. I thank God for you. And I hope that you've gotten something out of this tonight. This was really hard, really frustrating for me to have the Internet issues, but hopefully the message was delivered. God bless you. Yes, these men do exist. They really do exist. God bless you, and just know I love you. And I'll talk to you real soon. I'm glad I don't look like what I've been through, all right? Look at somebody and say, I'm glad I don't look like what I've been through. No, you said it to the wrong person. Grab the person behind you and tell them, say, hey, you. I'm glad I don't look like what I've been through. Come on,
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Dr. R.C. Blake. I dropped my phone, y'all. Dr. R.C. Blake and uh, Intangible. Hallelujah. <laughs> I tell you, that was a message this morning, and I'm grateful unto him. Okay, Sister Senna, uh, coming at you right now. Good morning. God bless you. How are you? Good morning, but I did not mean to, uh, I didn't know that I hit anything, but good morning, everybody. <laughs> good morning to you, too. <laughs> and God bless you, Dad. Yeah, that happens sometimes. I don't know uh, what go on. I know Theon has done it. Sister Dot has done it. I'm like, and they like, no, I didn't touch it. Theon was like, I'm not even near my phone. Yeah, so I think it just happens uh, sometimes. But the studio is open, and uh, if there's someone who has something this morning uh, that they would like to be concerning, Dr. Blake's message today, um, I know this, I know this, um, I'm going to use the phone, Sister Spinner. I know that um, the world has not <clears throat> received the spirit of God because many have not accepted him, but <clears throat> I'm speaking to the and the Christians, the saints of God, the people of God, when we receive him and we receive his spirit, the Holy Spirit, it leads in God. And man or woman, if we're single and we are listening to the spirit of God, lead and guide us. He even said this, you know, that we get some type of warning, <laughs> but we ignore it. Because we like the way they look, we like what they're saying to us, we're ignoring the warning signs. But for the believing woman, the believing man, it will touch your spirit. <laughs> You'll be like, no, no, like he said, you will be like, Mm-mm, I shouldn't do this. I, I see all that's not right about them. But we're looking on that outer appearance. Uh, we're looking at the way they sound. Before I fully come to God, before I fully come to him in the fullness, I went to church, I tell you this all the time, but I had a form of godliness, and I was denying the power thereof. So I went through these kind of boys with men ages. They had the age of an adult, male, but they wasn't a man. Many uh, still held on to their mothers because they couldn't make it outside of home with their mother. Uh, they couldn't hold down a job, this, that, and the other. Uh, got frustrated, talked crazy to them. They talked crazy. But now that we have God, we want to be equally yoked. I'm equally yoked. I want the spirit of the Lord show these signs to us. Sometimes he'll speak them in our spirit. He'll show us things about this person. We want to obey. 
we want to take heed to what the Spirit is showing us and back away. I even heard him say, uh, you're not married to him yet. Mainly today, for me, he was talking to women, and I promise you, women, we need it. You're not married to him yet. Y'all may be going out and talking to each other. And, you know, you usually call him, let's say, around 6. He calls around 6. And when he called this evening, um, he's asking you what you're doing for the evening. Well, my friends and I are going out. I didn't say girlfriend. I said my friends and I. Because I have male friends like I have female friends. And he get all out of whack over it. He go crazy over it. Oh, we was going to do this and that, and you going, oh, hold up, swole up. We're, we're, we're not married. We're friends. And even if we was married, I'm, we're one, but I'm yet a human being that ha- have my own mind. Janet Jackson said, got my own mind. I want to make my own decisions. So these are things I was doing before I knew you. And once we get into a relationship of, of uh, engagement or whatever it may be, I become your fiance, you become my, whatever it is, I still have things that I enjoyed doing when I was single that I was, that's not against my marriage, and I should be able to enjoy those things too. I do a lot of counseling, a lot of ministry. Listen, so it, it, I, I cannot Choose. He didn't say uh, seek or find. That's not what he said. He said choose. He was very careful with his words today. I noticed that about him. So he said you have to choose the right man, not a boy, not a male with a, a, a man's age, but you have to choose the right man. And so the spirit of the Lord will help us with, with this if we will allow it to again. And, and and I have this one person, and they almost to the point of where they would harass me, you know, to the point of, I love you, I want to marry you. No, I don't. <laughs> I like you because I had to come to the realization of God that my mind was messed up. Still trying to choose like I was when I had the form of godliness. He got tall. Um, I like him a certain weight. Uh, the weight got to be like this. He's got to look a certain way. Um, he's got to wear a certain kind of shoe because he's tall and he's got a little weight to him and, and the shoe hit him just right. That's how I messed up when I married the first time. I was looking at the outer appearance of this green-eyed demon, a wolf who green-eyed monster. I was looking at the big curls on his head. He wasn't all that tall, but he was taller than I was. And I'm looking at the way the Tims hit his feet. I'm looking at the way the jeans hit him and the khaki shirt that he wore with the jeans that matched up. Foolishness, foolishness. I'm looking at how much money he made. Foolishness. That was a foolish move, too. Because you can get a man making minimum wages. I'm talking to the believing women. It's in the right place. Your heart is in the right place. The scripture said we have not because we ask not. He's the head, like Christ is the head of the church and died for us. So he's going to God 
uh, for more so that he can provide for his family. I don't care what he's telling God. God, I want my wife to be happy. I don't want money in our household to be an issue. I, I need you to bring me up. Give me an idea that I can make money, that I, miracles can be worked for us. Give me the job, God, that I can work, that I can be uh, a creator and an inventor on the job that will cause them to see me as a great asset that I will make much more money. What your prayer is? Her prayer is, Lord, bring my husband in the place that he desired to be to provide for his family because we talked about all of this. And, Lord, right now, I'm making more than he's making, but I want to come off my job. I want to close my business or sell my business and put all of my attention to my husband. I even want to learn how to tailor make his clothes. I I want to do this and I want to do that. He, he's he's got a great voice. He can sing. I, I I want to learn how to play the keyboard that I can play in his seat and just make it sound heavenly. Whatever your heart desire is, you're two together. And the scripture even says we're two or three. It don't take a whole bunch. So y'all decide to get married, but y'all don't have a whole lot. Prayer will fix it every time, but your motive's got to be right and your heart in the right place with God. Because when your ways please God, it's nothing you ask him for that he won't give. I'm not trying to get the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy so that everybody can say, oh, they have it going on. We're not trying to drive the bin so everybody can see. That's That's not us. We're trying to get more for us to be more comfortable with us, that there's never a problem in things and money or materialistic things in our marriage. We love each other. If he get down sick and he can't move, he can't walk anymore, he can't talk anymore, I'm going to be right there with him. I don't want a nurse seeing about my husband. I want to see about my own husband. I want to get his brother, my brother, to come over and help me bathe him, whatever he needs. And it would be the same thing with him for me. Because I've seen many cases where the man gets sick, the lady, the woman leaves. The woman gets sick, the man left. And left her to her own devices. However you get it, you get it. Which is wrong. I believe if you discover later wrong. He had issues. I had issues. Our childhoods were abusive. Uh, we never should have got together. What it may be, and you decide to part ways. You decide to divorce. I don't think you should divorce angry and fighting each other. I think you should do what they taught in law school, come to a meaning of the mind, which means we come to an agreement. So I enjoyed it this morning. I don't know about anyone else, but uh, I enjoyed it this morning, and I thank God for it. And uh, the studio is open if anyone have anything they would like to say today. Is anybody other than myself, Jerry, and Sister Dot feeling this other thing? <laughs> I wanted to just shut it down this morning. I'm honest. Back in the bed. I'm talking about to sleep until midnight. That's the way I felt. And when uh, 
Dr. Uh, I mean, Bishop uh, saying you don't look like what I've been through. I had to run out and get the trash out, put the garbage out, and uh, come back in and wash my hands and come back in here and catch it in time. And uh, I was thinking, oh, look at that bed. It's looking good. As I'm walking by to go to the bathroom and wash my hands, I said, oh, that bed sure looks good. <laughs> because for some reason, and I know it's the weather because I'm not usually like this. I, when I sleep and, and, and get up at 6 a.m., I get up refreshed, ready to go. But the last few days, the cooler it has gotten here, the more I wanted to lay in that bed. And um, Wednesday I wanted to do it. And I didn't do the show on Wednesday, but I didn't get to lay in the bed. I had stuff to get done. I cleaned my office out and organized the closet and stuff. And I had to get that trash out into the garage and uh, because it was a lot of boxes and stuff. So I had to do that and get done early along with some other things. But it's, it, it just feels to me like it's sleeping time, like I want to go into hibernation. I want to sleep. But on Sunday, they tell me we go back an hour uh, with the time. We get to sleep an extra hour. And I'm going to see what that does. I, I think it will do me real good in the morning to get an extra hour of sleep. Yeah, because I'm feeling it for some reason, and that's not usually me. I'm get up and get it go get going and get it done. These last few cool days, I have wanted to lay in, in that bed. Yes, ma'am, yes, sir. And it's all right. It's all right. All right, Sister Jerry, I'm coming at you right now. Good morning. God bless you. How are you? Good morning, Sister Barbara. I'm doing well. I'm right there with you. But see, the time usually be done fell back before now. So okay. we've been a couple of days behind. Normally it falls back, but it is the first Sunday in November. But, see, the problem is the first Sunday is coming like a week later. So we're t- oh, goodness, the cold weather here, I just want to sleep. My therapist called and I'm coming. I'm like, oh, man, don't come now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> But... The Lord had me to get up earlier to use the restroom, and then I couldn't go back to sleep. I wanted to just hop back in the bed and cover up. God said, go turn that heater up. I turned the heater up. The house got warm. I proceeded to wake up more. So when we get that extra hour, ooh, we we going to be something else. But yes. as they say, be careful who you choose. We get the signs. We get the signs before we say I do. I got the signs more than once. My mama said to me, oh, baby, I don't think he's the right man for you. Oh, mama, he just ghetto enough for me. What? I, I want him ghetto. He's tall. He's dark. He's taller than me. I love it. I love it. I love to climb trees. That's not a tree, baby. And it's, I don't, you're unequally yoked. I, maybe I'm just like him. No, you're not. You would have made any excuse to marry him once you said I do and you started growing up. Ooh, wee. Oh, God. 
man, when are you going to stop doing all this crazy stuff? Jared Aiden. I'm that same man you married 30 years ago. But see, the problem was, I was never that person. I just wanted to have fun. Now I'm maturing in the Lord, and I'm not that person on Hook or Lane anymore. I want you to sit down here and let's read this Bible. I don't hit a tree. I don't found the Lord even more. You're not even the same ever since you hit that tree. He noticed the change. My friends noticed the change. They would come over to play cards. I said, I'm not feeling cards tonight. Jerry, you're not even the same anymore. We're playing cards. We got out the room. You're not doing anything. You went in your room and closed up. Wasn't that rude? No. I told y'all I do what I want to do, and right now I want to serve the Lord. I don't want to do this out here. But see, I was rude, but I was making choices that's what not the same as my friends. So now I'm more selective. <laughs> when I see you coming, I'll go, you know what? This is not going to work. You don't even know my name. Oh, I don't have to know your name. I know what's for me and what's not. See, I'm no longer blind in the sight of God. My eyes are wide open. My sheep know my voice. Mother don't have to tell me he's not the one. My father said, Jerry, he doesn't do this, this, and he does that. Be certain as to what you're choosing. I hear God so very well. It's like yesterday I want to press the button. The God said, I want you to work on that therapy, those cords. But God, I want to punch in. He said, I tell you when to punch in. Punch those cords. Well, this morning I asked permission because the therapist is not here. He said, you can punch in now, but say what I say. None of your none of your foolishness today. Okay. No lies and alibis. Don't say that. Okay, God. Okay, okay. None of your craziness today, Jerry. Hook of lane. You, 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 we're not doing that today. Okay, God. What you going to do today, darling? You're going to tell a woman that she is more valuable than she even knows. You're going to tell a woman that little in a man can mean a lot if he's with me in God. He can have a job at McDonald's. But I can make McDonald's money look like Merchant Marine money. This is true, God. I've seen you work. I can make McDonald's money get you the bitly that others are trying to get, which has the funds. So I want you to tell the women that. Not focus on you and how you can switch it. That's why your little hips is not working now. Oh, yes, God, I know they're not. They hurt. <laughs> and then what you said today, Barbara, when your husband gets sick or you get sick, you don't want strangers coming in taking care of him. You loved him, so you must show in sickness and in health. 
That is your duty to take care of your husband, not to run, because you can't handle this. Of course, I didn't run. He was my ex-husband, but I stayed. I bathed him. I dropped the medicine down his throat. Because I realized I really did love him. God showed me all his kindness and blotted out all the things I couldn't land because in the end he was not that same man I married 30 years ago. In the end, he was the husband I desired. So be careful what you start out with because remember one thing, you can't change no one. Only God can. So I love everybody. Good morning, Brother Frank, Brother Anthony, Brother Louis, Sister Sion. Oh, I love you guys and the women. Sister Rita, you're my friend. I don't know where you're at, but I just love you. Love you to death. I love Sister Sion because she was Miss Eon in me. Crazy girl. Okay, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I love you, Sister Barbara. I love everybody. Sister Doc. Oh, your 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 message on Facebook this morning, beautiful. You do the most beautiful post. Thank you. I haven't been out that much, and, well, I can go, but right now God's got me not posting anything. He's talking to me himself. So I love everybody. I truly do. And women of God, don't be fooled by the lust. Because in the end, the lust wear off. And if you really, really seek in God, he does come in, and then the lust doesn't feel the same. I'm talking from experience. Y'all have a great day. It's almost time for me to go bounce some curls. <laughs> Love, everybody. God bless you, Sister Jerry. God bless, God bless you. y'all, too. Man, we thank God this morning for um, the message. And uh, R.C. Blake, I, I do enjoy him. And I thank God for intangibles of a good man. Will, will allow us to know. I was saying earlier, I had this person like, you know, they was like trying to force me, I think. And I was like, oh, no, I, I don't do all that because if you're forcing in this, what else would you want to force with? And then your your mind is not, my mind is, your mind is not on God. Your mind is on yourself and the things that you want and you figure, oh, well, um, Okay. Okay, okay. All right, we have a prayer request. But um, because it's like this for me, uh, I know you're capable. I, I mean, I know if I married this person, I would have more than me. I, I would be like a rich woman. But I would have all the materialistic things. But I wouldn't have peace, joy, and happiness. What I'm doing right now would stop. I, I, I may well be able to do it twice a week, Monday and Friday. But the other three days, no. And all the phone calls I take, all the prayer requests, all the praying, 
all of that would cease during the day. Because I would be busy with the natural stuff that he wants me to do. And without my ministry, I'm nothing. Without me obeying God, I'm nothing. If we obey him and our righteousness is as filled, if we're not, oh my goodness, no. And you have to choose. Ladies, men going to come your way. I don't know too many women a man haven't said something to, whether he meant it or not. Because men don't see women and not say nothing. That's just not who they are. Let me get your number. No, they're not calling. It's what they do. Expected of other men around because they want to show other men I can get a number. And you can give him the real number because he's not going to call that number. Yeah. Matter of fact, he got a wife at home. Matter of fact, he got two girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. So we have to watch as well as pray and choose. And I thank God for God because he made me happy. He made me happy. He made me peaceful. He gave me joy. People come here, even naked. And people, it is so peaceful in here. Not just how quiet it can be, but you don't feel no bad vibe. The Spirit of the Lord lives here. In me. I pray in here. Folk call me and we have prayer. I've had people to call me, Bob, I call you to pray for you today. Yeah. So we have to choose wisely. And don't be in such a rush. Take your time. Some of us, we're older and we're not looking for all this uh, hoopla that it used to be. The walks on the beach, the running down the uh, trails and uh, kayaking and all. We're not looking for that anymore. We're looking for companionship. We're looking to sit and talk. We're looking to sit and watch a movie together. We're looking to uh, uh, sit and study our Bibles together, you know, share testimonies. That's what we're looking for now, all that other stuff. And we're not looking for that. To travel to seven seas. Now, all the traveling I haven't done, all but a few places, Italy and Spain, you know, Greece, a couple of places. Other than that, I, I, I don't want to do all that I used to do. Yeah. Because as you got older, to me, you become somewhat more settled, and you 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 do things in moderation. You're not running, running, running. It's just like when I was younger, it was like as if I was running a race to get so much done. I wanted to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Go do that. Go do. Not now. Yeah. So even in having companionship, you want to choose, and I mean married, a marriage. And this is your companion. I'm not talking about somebody you can wall around with on the couch reading and playing. No. Your husband. Your wife. Uh-huh. And it will be all right in Jesus' name. Listen, I got to go to one more request. Sister Dots, I uh, pulled your request up and downloaded it today. And I cannot tell you. What I did with it. I don't think I put it in the studios, but I don't think I did. And I was looking for it because I want to make a special request to you. And I'm still looking. I'm still looking. 
because I thought I put three and not four in there. All right, we'll go to this one. And uh, before we leave today, I will play uh, that request. I got to find it here. Okay. All right, let's go to this one.
thank you, Jesus. I believe by Jonathan Nelson this morning. Listen, we have a prayer request from Mr. Larry Ellis this morning and our sister Ellis' husband, and uh, he's going to have some tests done, and uh, she's requesting prayer for him. So if you would be so kind to touch and agree with me. And, and, and if anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free to press one and come in. And as soon as we get to praying, I will bring you right in. If not, we will, uh, we will play the last song of the morning, and uh, I'll pray out today. And we pray the Lord bring us back again Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hallelujah. So that's for Brother Ellen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this day, Lord, that, God, we can call on you at any time and any place. And we bring Larry Ellis before you this morning in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we ask that you would touch and heal this man's body. You know what's going on with it. You made him, God. You designed that body for him. And, Father, his wife is concerned, so she's calling and requesting prayer. On behalf of her husband. And Father, I ask again that you would touch him and that you would heal him today in the name of Jesus. Every area of his body. Heal his mind today, O oh God. Let this mind be in him that was also in Christ Jesus. And Lord, even as he's going for the procedure today, remind him that you're Almighty God that have all power. There's nothing too hard for you to do. Bless the Ellis family. Father, bless her children, bless her grandchildren today in the name of Jesus. Move by your spirit for them today, O oh God. In Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We give you glory. We thank you this morning. Hallelujah. We give you the honor and praise. We thank you for his testimony, all that you're bringing him out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, uh, yeah. So listen, uh, if no one else have anything they would like to say, I will play the last request of the morning. And, uh, well, I'll pray and then the last request of the morning. And uh, I won't be coming back after the prayer. And then I'll go to the last part of the morning. Hallelujah. Let's pray again. Father God, we thank you for all that has been said and done here today. Thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding. Father, we thank you today that you give it to us as we ask. And as we depart this morning, Father, bless every caller and every listener. And, Father, we're coming into winter, and the weather has changed. And for some reason, Lord, we want to sleep. And uh, we don't quite understand, but, God, we know you're able to fix it for us and help us to get enough rest. The Lord, during the day, we won't be so sleepy when we have other things to get done. This morning, in the name of Jesus, ask that you would bless every caller and every listener, those coming through the archives and the podcast as well. Father, move for their families this morning. Move for their friends in a mighty way. Somebody's sick today, oh God, we ask that you would touch and heal. In the name of Jesus, move by your spirit here today, oh God, for your people. And we thank you, we thank you, we can't thank you enough, Father, for your faithful, you're good to us, you're on our side, you're for us. And Father, this morning we cast in all our cares upon you, for you care is for us. As we depart, bless our Lord, help this 
morning. And again, Father, bless our coming in and again meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Father, do it for us all today. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. We thank you this morning. Or oh, thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Mm, thank you, Jesus. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone some quality. God loves the children give us. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. Starting this weekend, this weekend, I speak the blessings, uh, November 5th, 2021, in Jesus' name. So have a blessed day and have a blessed weekend. And we praying that the Lord will bring us all back on Monday. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. So we're going to the last of the morning.